Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. I am Dr. Tara Wyren. Today, I have with me Natalie Ford, a student who is a member on the MPB Student Council. Today, Natalie and I will chat about a topic that she has selected that's near and dear to her, mental health. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for being with me today to chat about what's near and dear to you and that you want to share a little bit with our community. How are you today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, Natalie, tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into this discussion. My name is Natalie Ford. I live in Vicksburg, Mississippi. I go to River City Early College, which is a high school and a college put together. It's an amazing program. I love doing it. I'm a performer and I do color guard. And I hear that you make all A's. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave that part out. Well, congratulations and you sound like a busy lady and we're just glad to be here and have you a part of the student council as well. So let's just dive right in. Now, I know you want to talk about mental health today. So tell me why this topic is important to you. Growing up, I would always have these moments where something would happen to me and I couldn't breathe properly or I would start stressing out so much and my hands would start jittering everywhere. And I never knew where it came from. One day, my mom took me to a therapist and I was officially diagnosed with an anxiety disorder for the first time. At this moment in my life, I thought anxiety was something, as the media portrayed it, as something simple as shaking your leg. And as I grew up, for me, it got worse and worse. I started having panic attacks that would last like an hour to an hour and 30 minutes. It's really scary. It's really bad. And I feel mm -hmm. like the media portrays it as something so simple as like a shake of the leg or pacing around the room. But that's not really what it is. Yes, that's kind of an anxiety. It's kind of a jitter, but it's not the disorder that causes you so much stress in your day-to-day -day life. Right. Wow. I'm sorry that you have had to deal with that. What ways have you learned in your family and your, your parents that this was that you were dealing with? What steps did you take to deal with it in your family, within yourself? Talk a little bit about that. So I went to a therapist, obviously, to get diagnosed. My mom thought it might have been OCD at first because, you know, things would happen and she thought I just thought they were out of place. So I kept going to that therapist. She taught me some methods. One of the most popular ones is the 54321 method. It's five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can smell, two things you can taste, and then one thing you can feel. So it kind of gets you to calm down. It's a really popular method a lot of people use it that method for me it helps sometimes but I always had an issue with starting it before the panic attack starts because for me like once I start the hyperventilating it's an hour till it's done I've never been able to get out of that in those moments Wow. So when you have these anxiety attacks, you can tell that they're starting. You can feel it coming on. For me, most of them stem from overthinking. So basically mm -hmm. someone will say something or they'll do something mm -hmm. and my mind would just go places. So I can kind of feel when my mind starts saying all these terrible things, then that's when I can feel it coming on. But at the same time, I'm so focused on those terrible things. Mm -hmm. And then it like deepens and deepens when I'm trying to think, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then that's when the I can't breathe anymore starts because you start panicking. Right. So how do you handle the breathing attacks in and of themselves? 
Well, that's one of the biggest things I've always struggled on, like just stopping the hyperventilating. One thing that I've taught myself, if I try talking to the person that I'm next to or who's with me in the moment of the panic attack, a lot of the times when I focus on talking, then it ceases the hyperventilating a little bit because to hyperventilate, you have to do it yourself a little bit. You know, it doesn't come naturally. When you start talking, you relax your muscles. So it makes it a lot harder to get the motion out there. So talking helps me. So it's kind of mind over the body kind of thing you have to do. So do you share a lot or talk about this with your peers or with your parents? I do because I feel like for me, it's not something I'm ashamed of because it's a part of me as a person. I feel like a lot of people, you know, they have their mental illnesses and they're like, I don't want to talk about this. You know, I want to keep this hidden. I'm a very open person. I feel like if you're going to judge me for something about who I am, then I don't need to be friends with you anyways. And I don't see any reason to judge someone for having anxiety. So it's something I keep very open. I talk to my friends specifically to try to get them to understand. Like they can say something very small and it can have have a very big impact on me because that's how my mind is different from theirs. So I like teaching them and getting that kind of representation falsely stated in the media kind of fixed when I tell them. So it's good to talk to your friends and those that you're around a lot to let them know what triggers you have. You find that to be helpful. So what are you doing to really take care of your mental health? What are you reading? I know you say you practice a certain method when you feel it coming on, but are you reading something? Do you listen to music? I know you say you talk when you're in the midst of this thing happening, but what other things can you do and share with others who might be having the same type of anxiety issues? Finding something that you are kind of good at outside of having a panic attack, I think it's kind of like a weird, unique thing. Like I like talking and when I start talking in a panic attack, it gets me to relax. Anything that you can think about or do that gets you to relax. Like when I'm thinking about talking, I can always get off on a different train of thought. And I think music as well. A lot of people love music. I think it's a great one. I know music for some people though, like me, if I heard the radio, while I was having a panic attack, it makes it worse for me. I don't know why people talking on the radio, it gets to me really badly. It makes it a lot worse. But for some people, I can see it as a good thing. That's very interesting. So everybody's different. Everybody handles it different. They have different triggers and different methods that work for them. There are probably some folks who are undiagnosed, huh? A whole bunch, a whole bunch. Yeah. So are there any other methods besides the counting method that you shared? Well, let me see. So I know a few other people with this similar anxiety disorder, and I like how you use trigger because for one person I know it's driving on the interstate. She cannot drive on the interstate. Mm -hmm. And for her, when that happens, she kind of almost falling asleep point in her mind so that it relaxes. Like she tries to get it blank, like blank slate, clear all of your thoughts out. Think of like putting them into boxes. Mm -hmm. And then you close the box and then it slowly gets it out of her mind completely. Wow. So everybody has something different that they do. Well, Natalie, what would you say to someone who has not been diagnosed and because of your experiences and experiences of your friends that you know that have the same things that they are dealing with, with anxiety or any other mental health, what would you say to your peers about any mental health issue that they are having? 
I would say, and I try to do this myself, you never know what someone else is going through. And I understand that for people with mental illnesses, we have to learn to work the world because no one is going to be able to see when they look at me that I have this anxiety disorder. It's one of those things where I can't change it. I can work on it, but it's not ever going to necessarily be completely gone. And no one's ever going to be able to just outright tell that I have it. So I try to let people know and spread awareness on it. But I also try to meet some people who I see aren't very good with mental health or like caring about it really. And with those people, those are the people I try to interact with without necessarily talking about it. So I can kind of get a feel for what it's going to be like when I have a job and this person, I can't tell them that what they're saying is having effects on my mental health, but I have to be able to subtly get them off topic and do different things like that. Right. That's good. So you mentioned raising awareness. What ways do you think others can help raise awareness about mental health? I personally feel like media perception really needs to get a grip on what their look on anxiety is. Because when I tell my friends I have anxiety, I've heard a lot of, oh, I have that too. Because when it comes to things that have been popularized in media, but betrayed wrong, it's a serious effect on us because no one's going to take me seriously when I say I have an anxiety disorder. Like they don't automatically think hour long panic attacks. They think, oh, she shakes her leg and paces around the room sometimes. So I feel like awareness definitely needs to be raised in media to portray it the right way. And I mean, it can have a good storyline plot because it does really affect someone's life and how they do things because I can't talk about certain things or go about things certain ways because it'll trigger that side of who I am. Right. And you've mentioned several times about the media portraying it in a wrong way and not being actually accurate in their portrayal in whatever way that they are. Can you give an example of what you've seen and that you said, oh, that's not right, or I wish they would have done that differently or portrayed that differently? Can you give an example of that in the media? So if you ever watch like a sitcom, sometimes they'll have like this more like serious moments of a sitcom. And there was some of them that I'll watch and it'll be about one of the characters having anxiety and they will be just pacing around a room back and forth. And then they'll say something like, oh, it's just my anxiety or, oh, I've always had trouble with this. This is how I deal with it. And so for me, it's always been like, that's not necessarily what it is. And then when anxiety is usually brought up in a TV show, sometimes it's shaking of the leg and that's why I keep mentioning those things Mm -hmm. because people really think that's all there is to it because that's all they show on media like I do both of those things but that's not the whole thing like I barely see a panic attack in tv in movies and when I do it seriously affects a character you know you can see that change in them it's part of their character art so I feel like it's possible to do it the right way it gives somebody more character but they just don't do it and they just put a little shake of the leg and give them a scene about talking about how they have anxiety Do you feel like if they really went to the depths of, if you're going to put this serious thing, which we know that this is serious, it's a mental disorder and it's about your health and wellness. Do you feel like if they're going to go as far as to have a scene about anxiety or panic attacks or any other mental disorder, they should make it a serious part of it and really deal with it as it is instead of making it light of it, so to speak? 
Yeah, that's point on. It's weird to just always see it portrayed as something differently than what you have. So now, like, tell me, how do you think a parent or parents should approach their child, their teenager, perhaps, if they see some behavior that probably falls under the umbrella of mental health? I feel like most parents typically take their children to like a doctor's office when they see those signs because sometimes some parents think something's like physically wrong with their child when they start seeing those things. But I feel like if you see a sign, you can do the best that you can at home, but you need to learn those skills from a licensed therapist who went to school for these type of things. I think a lot of parents try to deal with it at home and you can't really do that, especially when it comes to things like depression. A lot of parents try to deal with that at home. There is no dealing with that at home because it's not a home thing it's a brain thing and there's people who are licensed to deal with the brain thing and as a parent you're licensed to deal with like your kid overall but you would never try to fix your kid's broken leg at home so you can't really fix your kid's broken parts of their mind at home you got to get a professional to do that that's a great analogy it's a, not a, a home thing Well, Natalie, I've asked you several questions. Is there anything that you'd like to say on this topic that I haven't asked you about? Because I want to make sure that you got your thoughts out and we've shared your most pressing thoughts on mental health. I would like to say for those who are listening to this podcast and don't have a mental illness, it's very hard for people like that to understand what people like me and others are going through. It doesn't mean that no one's saying that you have to always be aware of mental illnesses all the time. So I feel like mental illness is a reminder to always be kind, to always be good to the people around you because you truly don't understand what they're going through. And when you have a mental illness, it kind of opens up that side of you. And it's made me a better person going through it because I'm like, well, I don't know if this person's gone through the same thing as me. So maybe I should be a little bit kinder to them because I just don't know what their home life is like and what their mental health is like. Wow. Well, I really love your perspective, Natalie. Mental health is a really heavy, heavy topic. It goes deep. You mentioned anxiety, but there are so many other behavioral issues that come along with mental health. Just thank you for being brave enough to talk to me about it. I'm happy to hear that you are also championing this cause and lifting your voice and raising awareness and just being honest about who you are, what you deal with, and being free to share it so that others can perhaps share theirs and not keep it in. So thank you very much, Natalie. Natalie Ford for having this conversation with me today. This is Tara Wren with Natalie Ford for Chalkboard Chat.